his talent still for mana ten mana that is too easy middle they explore on the left hand side through Hayne. Hayne gets there across field looking to link he does Moses now looping around beautiful execution for Bevan French to go in now Moses passes beautifully tipped on gathered by one hand and George Jennings is going to gallop over untouched Mitchell Moses sets this one on its way online perfectly 20 perfectly positioned and here's a penalty so around 170 meters as he tries to lay the platform for a try but michael jennings will be called back brown he wants the win and they're very close to getting it it's picked up by corey norman and corey ices the cake for Parramatta. that will be a fifth win of the season Welcome back to another edition of the Parrot Podcast. This week, I am joined by Bertie. Hey, how's it going? Forty makes a return. Hey, evening, fellas. And him. Still here, still here. All right, well, let's jump straight into first grade results, which were Eels 28 to the Titans 12. Uh, try scorers Timmy Manor bagging one. It's been a while. Woo. I think the last one, was that Cowboys game, was it? Where he, yes. Where he, yeah. yeah. Yep. Similar circumstances, uh, Bachelor from... Yeah, that's right, barge over. Uh, hit and spin, hit and spin. Uh, Hayne with a try. French uh, getting a try off the back of a Hayne pass on that wraparound. Uh, George Jennings bagging one, and Corey Norman with the match sealer. Four from five conversions from Mitch Moses. And we were the beneficiaries of uh, Michael Gordon having a terrible night from the boot. None from three. Um but the only second-half try to the Titans, even though they had a amount of possession they had at one of our blokes in the bin, uh, came off an intercept from uh, probably an ill-advised Moses uh, pass. I think we could phrase it that way. Yeah, I think you'll get a bit of um, a bit of word from Forty there about Norman's pass to Moses. But... Both both our halves were at fault there, but obviously Moses was the one that threw the intercepted pass. But if you go back and watch the footage, for those that are interested, Norman threw a garbage pass at Moses' ankles that it was a miracle that he picked up and it caused him to rush his options after that, but it was still an ill-advised option from Mitch. He should have just run it or put a kick in. All right, well, let's jump into the deep dive. So, five try scorers, uh, pretty pleasing. You thought in that second half, the Titans were on the comeback. We were attacking the line, and then, of course, the intercept try. And then um, the new interpretation from the NRL about what constitutes a sin bidding... Um, <laughs> oh. I think Gutho tried to plead the case that was 15 minutes before, but I think it was probably about uh, six or seven minutes before. But still, um, it seemed to be that's how it was adjudicated across this whole round of football. Uh, probably not all season, but at least this round of football. It seemed odd that, um, you know, they got their warning in the first half, I think it was, when uh, Kane Evans got a penalty. And then, um, you know, it seems weird that they didn't get their sin bin until three seconds before full time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was a bit of a, a, a <laughs> even up the ledger, wasn't it? Um, bit silly, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's get on to the positives. Um, I thought that was a really good game from Kane Evans. One, uh, of course, Reed Marnie back in the hooking role. He was fantastic. Uh, also at fullback Gutherson, he ran for like 
250 metres, picked up a, a try assist, and um, he was busy all day. Especially at the game, you saw his work off the ball. And then, of course, Haynes returned back to form. I thought George Jennings, his yardage work, was something that we had missed in the last couple... Uh, was it just one game he was out for? Uh, yeah, just the one. Yeah, but we certainly missed that. And, um, of course, he's him bagging a try too. Um, but I think everybody stood up in the absence of uh, Polar Express... Uh, Tim Manor having a good game. Vave had a good stint. Uh, Kane Evans, probably his best game in the blue and gold uh, so far. Jamin Salmon, you didn't get to see too much of him in attack because, of course, uh, he was defending the majority of the time he was on, but I thought he played rather well. Um, your thoughts, boys? Yeah, I thought it was a uh, a, a big game from Penny Terrapo. He didn't get the numbers. I thought he did, but he just um, he made that run off the tap uh, to set up the French try. He put that huge shot on um, Stockwell. Stockwell, Jake Stockwell. I think yeah. it was. Yeah. Yeah. Rip, ripped his yeah. soul out. Yeah, and then just, just hurt him. And you know, that's what we expected from Penny, from him coming out of the 20s. And I think for the past two months, I think most fans would agree that he's been our best forward. Nathan Brown, the past uh, two, three weeks, has really stepped up and you know t- taken back that um, uh, title. But for the past two months, I, th- I really think Penny Terrapo has been... Our best forward, he's running hard, he's holding the ball, he's defending well. Um, so yeah, you know the signing of him for re-signing of him for two years, um, great, great signing. He's awesome Official. off the bench. He provides impact straight away. Um, yes, yeah, so I think he was another big one that, you know, the numbers weren't there on the board, but the he I, made the an I impact. Certainly was there. The yeah, I test certainly was there. Yeah. Um, and talking about impact, I just I'm just going to cut across here. Uh, one thing I did want to mention, you know, those we scored the first opener to Tim, pretty soft defence from the Titans, and they fought back with two tries to themselves. And you're thinking, oh no, not again. And then um, Moses managed to get a repeat set, and that wind up from Nathan Brown oh. from the uh, the the dropout. I think that set the tone for the rest of the game that we were just going to beat these guys down the middle of the field. Um, Capitalise on their errors, force errors from the Titans, and um, and bring it home. That was just and and you saw two plays later, Hayne did a similar run and got himself over the try line. But that was all set up by uh, Nathan. Yeah, for me, the biggest takeaway was that we started so strongly in the first half. We played that fantastic uh, period of play we talked about with the Penny Trepo bust that led to the George uh, the Bevan French try, and the the earlier Jared Hayne try off that slick backline movement. But in the second half, it sort of threatened to follow that script that it has all year where we throw away, not throw away possession, but the opposition works their way back into the game, penalties start to go on a run for them, and you know the scoreline starts to equalize. Except this time, we had Michael Gordon and Conrad Hurrell be denied tries by absolute desperate defense at the last line where they had no right to have been stopped, but they were both, um, you know, both held up by a matter of centimeters, if not millimeters at times. And it was that desperation that's been lacking for the majority of 20, 2018 that really galvanized and was the hallmark of our 2017 season. So it was really nice to see that pop up once again. Yeah, I thought, um, I didn't realize how quick uh, Petty Terrapo is when he runs across field. Like, it's a, it, it looked like a bit like a center running across field and then um, beautiful ball he threw to, uh, who was it? Was it Jenko or? Yeah. Yeah. George. And also, uh, <laughs> Also with French, oh, it's just I don't want to sound negative, but you know we got on the, we started well, scored a try, and he drops the ball in the play the ball like too eager or too you know too um quick to play the ball like it was just a stupid error, lack of concentration, and then he had a bad night for the rest of the. It seemed like 
he wasn't interested in being there. Like he, he he's pretty much getting the shits because he's not playing fullback. But I don't know. It's just he had f- five errors. Like it was just it's un it's unbevan like you know. So yeah, um, I think the one that really frustrated uh, a lot of fans and you know I, I saw it at the game was when he stopped on that intercept chase. I don't think he would have gotten Don in the end. It was just a little bit too far away. But to start jogging, especially when you're that quick... Gufferson was in his peripheral screaming and gesturing to cut him off to to take away that uh, conversion angle, but he just pulled on the handbrake about 40 metres to go. Yeah, I just... That sort of stuff's unforgivable. If If he chased him down, he doesn't get him because Anthony Don's still quick himself, but he cuts... Yeah, as you said, he cuts down that conversion uh, angle and it's just it's a bit of effort and when you're not playing well it is the effort areas that you look for and it just wasn't there from Bevan yeah well I think um, BA has shown his hand this week in the naming of the lineup which we'll get on to a bit later um, but Bevan's obviously got some things that he needs to work on and if he's got his manager out floating about saying that he should be you know playing fullback and should be paying fullbacks wages uh, you'd think the way that you start is by playing your current position well, um, which, uh, unfortunately for Bevan, he hasn't done much of in 2018. Um, well, let's jump on to the positives as well. Uh, jump into a couple of stats. Uh, positive completion rate up at 76%. Unfortunately, it did dip in the second half. We were in the 80s again in the first half, but it dipped a bit. Uh, Titans having more possession than us, but a lot more errors. 179 runs, making 1,700 metres. Uh, post-contact metres, 550. Seven line breaks to six. 36 tackle breaks to 25. And you could definitely say that in Terrapo. He seemed to bounce off every single run that he had. Um, 228 uh, kick return metres. Again, I touched on before, George Jennings with his uh, yardage out of um, the back there. Uh, and then getting into the kicking area, 18 kicks, 409 metres. I thought Moses kicked well again, um, especially in that second half when we were sort of trying to put balls into um, just play them out the side. And uh, one force dropout each. Kick defusal, 43%. Bevan French again with that error under the high ball. Um, I know he got drilled by uh, Connie, but not good enough. Um, and then effective tackles, 88.7%. Reed Marnie with 52 tackles. I thought that was a great effort from him. And, and I think, more pleasingly for Reed, he didn't look fatigued, or at least didn't look overly fatigued, uh, playing out that full 80 minutes. So really encouraging signs. And if you remember from when AJ Brimson, he threw that forward pass, which they bundled out um, the winger on that edge anyway. Uh, but um, I don't know if you saw, but Reed Marnie came in and uh, gave him a big clap across the head and across the back. And um, if you didn't know, coming into that game, Reed and AJ Brimson had played some schoolboy footy against each other up in uh, Queensland. So um, obviously getting one over his former, um, I don't know if they were teammates, but at least that that, that had some sort of uh, uh, footballing relationship before that. Uh, one sin bin each. Uh, that's got to be the shortest sin bin in the history of the game, would it be? Three. Um, or Broncos had one earlier this year, which was in like the last second of play as well, I remember. Yeah, I remember there was one, uh, tall camp, Dave Shillington. There was a, there was a punch up, I think there was in a, at a scrum I think last year or the year before. And there was like 10 seconds to go. I was just like, what are you doing? <laughs> just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, us getting the better of the penalty count eight to 10. 
And I think on our differentials, I saw somebody, I don't know if it's correct, I haven't cross-referenced it, but they were on a positive one differential for penalties this year. That's well, news to you. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to change with um, a few of our games coming up. So Fake news, fake news. No way we are plus one. And again, touching on Gutho, the, the 250-plus metres, plus those, you know, desperation at the back. Reed Marnie, 52 tackles, um, and a couple of try assists for Hayne, of course. Um, yeah, I thought it was a really good effort from the boys this week. Middles aimed up, and you can see the, the, the difference that a crisp passing game from dummy half brings. Uh, Reed Marnie pulled out the kick this week. Um, he hasn't used that before. He obviously has that in his tool bag. Um, didn't pay off this week, though, with the charge down, but we did he end had, up getting he another did, set he of six. one nice kick into the corner in the first half. Uh, but there was the other Oh, did he? My was, apologies. Yeah, he did I, kick I missed that. half before that. But um, yeah, the second kick wasn't executed as well. He was obviously, I think he was angling for a 40 20 because he stepped from dummy half just inside the 40 meter line. But I wasn't sure if he stayed in there, but he hit it real flat and it um, someone played at it. So he got a lucky deflection there, which I suppose was due for a bit of luck. So um, it was a mistake that I've, we mentioned this before, but it's a mistake that he needs to make in some regards. He needs to know his limits in first grade, and he needs to know what he can do within those boundaries. He can do everything as far as a hooker's concerned, run, pass, and kick, but it just needs to know the timing and, and how you can execute it in first grade as opposed to in the 20s or ISP. Yep, fantastic showing. And um, obviously somebody that we should be... Uh, uh, seems the club's got a high view of in the future, given that Will Smith's named on the bench this week. Um, again, just a reminder that of course, Reed's not in the top 30, so uh, we do need to get uh, special uh, sorry, permission from the NRL each, NRL each week to play him. Will Smith, obviously, having some time in the hooker role, will, of course, uh, get the gig above Reed, but it seems like we've got that um, permission this week anyway. Um, now, last thing, and not to get too bogged down in the negativity, but the Titans were god-awful in that game. Their defence was disgusting. Uh, the errors were just uh, continual. Um, so we'll have to be a bit better to, to beat the Dragons this weekend, but at least we've shown that we can overcome adversity and, and come away with the two points, even though it is, you know, four games left. Um, but something to give the home fans a little bit of uh, hope with uh, two home games remaining. One is the Dragons, one against the Roosters, and of course we've got two away trips down to Melbourne and up to uh, North Queensland in the interim. Um, and one last thing I wanted to touch on, did anybody catch the uh, the meteor that flew over? No, I didn't. I, you time. mentioned I didn't see it. I'm, I don't look at the sky at half time. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, uh, I only found out about half an hour ago, so why do you see it? Yeah, it was like a green firework going across, like horizontal, travelling at speed, and bits of bits of bits and pieces were breaking off it as it was going over. They reckon it actually made. Um, made it to the ground, or at least some of it, but they're trying to track where it's actually landed. So um, there was a bit of fireworks there um, at halftime, and um, maybe that's a sign, a sign from the, the footy gods that they're going to give us uh, <laughs> a, a bit of a better run to end what, the season and potentially no, going into next year. Or we're going to crash and burn. And <laughs> Well, we you did it in the second half. So. That's true, that's true. So. <laughs> you should have made a wish, bring back Semi. That would have happened. <laughs> Well, I wasn't going to say anything, but that's my um my my favourite current conspiracy theory is that the uh, Fijian winger that we signed from Penrith is our ploy to send over a sort of like a a fake semi to France and let him play out a semi over there and bring back semi to the NRL. Sivo, Sivo or Sivo, the the bloke from the Penrith Panthers that we signed for two years. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the long term con is that we're going to pack him off to France 
and have him masquerade as Semi over there while we bring Semi back to play for us. The Civo trailer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll get in. Sorry there, buddy. <laughs> we'll get into some. Uh, he's, went, form- he's went quiet. I was like, what the hell? Hamish, well, Hamish likes to leave me hanging for awkward silences to make me look like I'm kidding the podcast. <laughs> no, as I told you, it's it's because, like, your thing cuts out a little bit. Sometimes the net just breaks down. So there's, like, I can hear, like, that's, this tick, that's tick, a tick. excuse. Yeah. All right, well, we'll jump into some news about former Eels players a bit later down the track because they do pop up in the news. Um, but first of all, let's head into the rest of the games, which were in ISP. The Wentworthville Magpies had a bye. In the flag, the Eels, even though they were playing their home game out at Allianz, got a bit of revenge over their previous game against the Roosters. Uh, Noting in that previous game, they only had 12 men on the field for the last 10 minutes, and that's when the Roosters sort of broke away. But the Eels, with a couple of uh, players playing back from from the ISP level, uh, managed to prevail 36 to the Roosters 18. Try scorers were Kepi, Sapienza, Clifford, Tapatautai, Tupu and Dunster and kicking the majority of the conversions there. Um, so, you catch the highlights of that game. There was some hard running up the front. Um, one thing I was a bit concerned about was it was Dunster's edge that leaked those two tries. It seems like there was a bit of miscommunication between the centre and the winger there, or at least the, the half, well, just on that edge. But I guess that can be explained by uh, Dunster being playing in ISP recently as opposed to being playing at the um, the, the flag level. Yeah, it's sort of um, the players in those positions, Sapienza and um, Torfa Afu, are sort of, they're not your first pick choice. They've played a lot of the season um, there together, but yeah, it is it is a disappointment that all the tries come down uh, that left-hand side, um, which isn't surprising because on the right-hand side, Dylan Brown's just absolute rock in defence. So, um, you know, tries have to come somewhere and in the 20s. There's always you know, there's always going to be tries no matter who there, but yeah, it is disappointing. Um, they were down uh, our left hand side of t- uh, defence. Yeah, uh, I, don't think, I was just going to say, I don't, looking at the highlights, I don't think we did too much to have to beat the Roosters, which I suppose is encouraging in the one sense. Uh, we scored a lot of tries close to the sticks, as you mentioned earlier, Hamish. But uh, it was, a, I suppose, a sign of the potential of this team with the kids that drop back from the ISP into the flag, they're a much stronger lineup, and it shows that they're a genuine premiership contender when they've got all hands on deck. Well, it wasn't even all hands on deck. They were still missing Salmon and, of course, Reed Marnie. So. Well, well Jamin, <laughs> won't be, Jamin won't be finals eligible, unfortunately, because I'm That's not right. sure. We, we clarified it last week while I wasn't there, but you have an eight-game minimum requirement in the, IS, in the ISP and flag, I think, to make their re- re- respective finals. So, Jamin's only played two games or three games in the uh, flag, and with the remaining games left, there's not enough games to qualify. But Reed's one game short, so it'd be interesting to see. That's a storyline to follow in the coming weeks, whether the club prioritises an extra game of NRL experience over a potential postseason in the flag. In the flag. Yeah, definitely. But just imagine what this team could be if they had all those young guns uh, through. And there's a couple more that have been promoted to ISP this week. So um, obviously the club's looking at developing these players as opposed to winning competitions in the um, the under-20s category. But uh, yeah, just imagine what that could be. Yeah, and even, there's even a couple of injuries there that, um, you know, if they were, if they were in the team... Um, easily, easily challenge Newcastle and the Sharks for the for the Premiership. 
Yeah, well, as we've touched on, we've got the second best points differential, but unfortunately, we're one point back from the Roosters and two wins back from top four. So I don't know if they'll be able to crack the top four, um, but certainly that hasn't stopped them in the past making a run towards the grand final. So we'll just see how that plays out in the coming weeks. Uh, but this week they've got to play the Dragons. So and uh, in a positive to you, Ham, you won't have to go on a rant this week because they'll be playing before the first grade. I'm stoked, absolutely delighted. First time forever, <laughs> holy dooly. <laughs> I think the first time in my life I'm I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah, it's the um the the pleat in the pants there, is that right, Ham? That would be correct. <laughs> All right, jumping into Ron Massey Cup, uh, a rare, not a win for, for Wentworthville, uh, trotting out 12 all draw between uh, Wenty in first position and Mounties in second position, um, which sees Wenty stay on the top of the leaderboard there, a couple of wins clear of Mounties. Um, and then in the shield, Guildford Owls overcoming Blacktown 38-35. to That's a particularly striking scoreline, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, they must have... Um... Let's kick the field goal, then scored a couple uh, try or two afterwards. I wonder if that's well, a, a, a yeah. case of, of Scorigami in, um, in the shield, because Fedia yeah, potentially is, is a very unique scoreline, like you said, Hamish. It was like the um the the Raiders Panthers scoreline. What was that, thirty-one to forty or something like that? So. Yeah, yeah, which you think would probably be a case of Scorigami as well. Which for those that are playing along at home would be a unique scoreline that's never actually occurred in the history of the game. So forty. There was a fair 31. few of them in the NFL last year, weren't there? Yeah, there was a lot in the NFL last year. So forty to thirty-one definitely feels like something that wouldn't have happened because that nine-point margin is so odd. And another um, statistic that was almost broken over the weekend was uh, North Queensland Cowboys going uh, completing every single set. Unfortunately, in the last two minutes of their game against the Roosters, they've came up with their first error, which was a forward pass. Unfortunately, you mean fortunately? Yeah, well, I guess fortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately for them, fortunately for our uh, trying our to not get the wooden spoon this year. Yeah, exactly. What I mean, we'll be in touch on it later, but what are, what's happening? Why do all the teams at the bottom of the ladder all, all of a sudden start to want to win? I mean, and... Ref, have, ref conspiracy, they want us to get the spoon. Well, that or they've, they've put money on us <laughs> to get the spoon because, seriously, the, the dogs played ordinary against us and all of a sudden had a rocket up their asses against the Broncos. And... Sharks just, you know, fell apart against Manly in the dying minutes. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand. It, it angers me, boys. Yeah, the Sharks-Manly hoodoo goes back a long while. Oh, that um, was ridiculous, that game. Don't understand it, how the Sharks lost. The Sharks should have won by 50 oh. if anybody watched the first 10 minutes of that game. But, um, yeah, I guess it doesn't really matter. But it was uh, still Parramatta recruit Sean Lane. To turn the uh, turn the tide there. Two tries, hundred and thirty meters in the first half. Life in the yeah, fast. He had a baby. whale of game, didn't he? Yep. Yeah. He's um a try scoring phenom for the Seagulls. So hopefully he's he their he's their highest try scorer, isn't he? Yeah, and leading Blake, try Blake Ferguson is leading try scorer for the Roosters too, if I'm not mistaken. So got a couple of blokes in good form joining the club next year. Hopefully we can um find a way to utilize Lane as a uh, equally effective uh, role, but. You know, he's doing a good job from near the red zone, which is one of the areas we would want to be improving in next year. All right. And the last match, which was Wenty 22 and Moorbank 52, Wenty suffering a loss uh, in their shield. Um, so that'll about wrap up the reviews of this week, um, of course, with Wenty having a uh, buy in the ISP. So on to the news. 
first item on the agenda, of course, is uh, Max Donnelly stepping down as his role of chairman. Now, can you just confirm, is that's chairman of the football board, or is that chairman of the league's club board? Pretty sure it's the football board, because that's he still what... says he's got um, reforms to come in for the league's club board. That That's what I assumed it was, but he's still a member of the of that uh, football club board, uh, sorry, of the football department board, um, being, I think it's two from the, from the, um, from the leagues club are on the football club board. Yep. And so Sean McElduff will take over the, uh, the role of the chairman uh, on the uh, football club board. Um, so let's just get into uh, the news article or the press release. Sean is a current part email, Parramatta Eels club board member and a former Westpac Institutional Bank senior executive who has a proven track record of accomplishments as a leader. I'm very confident he will bring a wealth of knowledge and valuable experience to the chairmanship. Uh, the support and encouragement that I've received from the Eels members and fans throughout my time as a chairman in our club has been tremendous and I offer my sincere thanks. Um, so while we are all disappointed with on-field performance in 2018, he's proud that we have now a board and management team focused on addressing these issues strategically, strategically and with purpose. Sean will keep you updated on the progress of the football review and the strategic plan which will move our club in the right di- direction for future success. Um, so Max Donnelly, two years in there. Um, there's some positives, some negatives, um, but we're going to be moving on from that. And of course, we've still got to wrap up uh the constitutional changes to the um, league's club board as well. Yeah, it just seems like um, we need the factions just to put their egos aside because he's putting a lot of concessions for them with in regards to the changing of um, the constitution. So they just need to put their egos aside, vote for it. It would be done a lot quicker. We'll be able to get it. We'll be able to get on with um, making sure the club is profitable, making sure that the club. Um, he's putting a lot of most of its money back into the football program, and yeah, just put your egos aside, boys. It's all right. You don't have to run the club. It's not for you. It's for the supporters. Well said. <laughs> don't think anybody else could put it better than that. Him. Um, all right. Next bit of news: Eels' new song. I don't know if you. I'll I'll pop this in in post. <laughs> Um, but it sort of it seemed like a bit of a take from the the Toronto Wolfpack song. Um, can I get a hoorah for the Wolfpack? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, apparently Jamin Salmon had a hand in it, and of course he got to sing it off his maiden uh, birth for the Eels. So um, congratulations to all the boys that were involved in that. Apparently Anthony Watmo was involved in the <clears throat> the um, the the previous one that we just uh, changed to. So. Um, apparently the boys seem that they needed a new one, so. Apparently, that's the reason he retired early. He said, if I retire early and help you salary cap compliant, I get to write the team song. That's what I heard. (laughs) 
Um, all right, next bit of news. <laughs> Former Eels in the news. Uh, our favourite, well, one of our, well, my favourite players, Kenny Krampus uh, for Perpignan, uh, the French team in the um, the English Super League. Uh, they're currently running through the Challenge Cup, and, of course, uh, his team uh, just overcame St. Helens. Um, so the Catalan Dragons will go into the final in the Challenge Cup. Um, now, just to give you uh, an idea of how uh, crazy that sort of is, Catalan Dragons were almost relegated last season. Um, in the um, Super Premiership, Catalan are currently running 8th with 21 points and a for and against of minus 43, whereas the team they just beat, St. Helens, uh, the competition leaders on 42 competition points with a for and against of 415 positive. So, yeah, Catalan, I've got... Sorry? I just When you look at that um, St. Helen team, uh, they've got Ben Barr at fullback, who's you know supposed to be in the prime of his career. Uh, Ryan Morgan's there. James Roby's there, who's been a um, England dummy half for years now. So, yeah, just you know, a really big effort from um, the Catalan's Dragons there to win. And good on Kenny. I think he, um, I think he cramped up and threw a ball into the crowd, which people don't seem to be happy about because he's a young girl. But you know, maybe you shouldn't put <laughs> the girl in front of the ball. You should try and catch the ball and deflect it instead of putting your daughter the up into the. the uh... <laughs> what was that for? I said, let the boys throw the ball into the crowd. <laughs> exactly right. Don't put Where your was daughter the game up. At? Like Hamish, when when you get when you the football Wembley, oh. and the ball come your way, you wouldn't put your daughter up to fucking to oh, sorry, um, <laughs> smash your face at the ball. Would you catch it? What are these uh, it, people it, doing? It, it, it depends. It depends what she's been doing for the previous half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I have to bring the the iPad along because after half time, you know, it all gets a bit boring. Because before the game, you've got the um the the uh, jumping castle, so you try to wear them out on that for about half an hour. <laughs> And so they can just sit down and be quiet, have their two two buck fifty sausage roll. Um, but <laughs> um, when you've got young kids, that they, as as Bertie politely put it, they give you the shit sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> You're never gonna let me live that down, guys. <laughs> um, so yeah, Kenny getting the cramps out. Vossy's take on that: if there is ever an immortals list for cramps, Kenny Edwards, Kenny Edwards, we first pick. The king lives <laughs> uh, with a photo of Kenny cramping up at the end of that game. Um, first so, ballot cramps of fame. Right on it. Um, so the uh, the Catalan Dragons will take on the uh, Wigan Warriors in the the final to be played. I think also at Wembley Stadium. Stadium, and it should just be uh, the uh, Wigan are currently running second place in the Super League, 32 points for and against of positive 228. So, seems that Kenny Edwards coming to that team, and I think is it Josh Drinkwater? Uh, yeah, I think it, yeah, 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 Josh, um, who came across to that team as well, sort of Josh, has, um, revitalised their season. So, best of luck to Kenny in um, in his game next week, and um, I believe the Super League is on. Is it still on Fox? Yeah. Yeah, so you might be able to catch that, although it'll be an early morning game, which I think is it Monday morning. I think it usually is. Uh, I think for a so, Sunday yeah. game, yeah, it'll be early Monday morning. Um, so best of luck to Kenny in the uh, Challenge Cup final this upcoming weekend. Um, all right, I don't think there's much news other than you, you said there was somebody we signed from the Panthers. Is that right? A winger? Yeah, Mike Mike yeah. Sivo, the Sivo trailer. Sivo. He's um a and, 24 year old. 
big Fijian winger, but he's um taken a very interesting path to to where he is right now. He uh, was a under sevens, a, a rugby sevens, of course, uh, player for Fiji, and he joined Group Nine or Group Seven uh, Rugby League, and then since then he's played uh, uh, Shield, Massey, ISP, and now he's presumably um, signed a top thirty deal with the Eels. So I was um, a little bit nonplussed when I initially saw the announcement uh, on Twitter by Daily Telly. Uh, Daily Telly journos, but looking um, at some of the responses online by Penrith fans, they seem a little bit upset that he's gone. So they must they must think he's a little bit of upside there. So an interesting one to watch in the preseason, perhaps. No, I'm all in. I'm all in on the Civo yeah. train. Ha- I said it before on, on the Civo trailer for sure. I'm all aboard. I'm. I reckon he'll. Actually, I don't want to hype him up too much because you <laughs> know a, like a, hand, the, a small handful of people listen to this podcast. He but. has him. Locked in on one of the wing spots in his early team with projections. Absolutely, so it just the way he runs, it just looks like something happens when the ball goes near him. I think on the weekend he had three tries, three line breaks, uh, made about 130 meters or so. Uh, don't have no idea what his defense is like. Have no idea outside of what a highlights package has shown. I just, I just like him. I, li- I like the big Fijian wingers. They need more of them. Speaking of signings, how how good do uh, Sean Lane and uh, Ferguson look, man? Keep scoring tries, both of them. Oh, so smart, good. Smart signings, you know? Well, so. with, with Reed starting to make the number nine slot his own, it sort of leaves us with a, a backup hooker and potentially another winger, or I'm talking like a, a premier winger or a prop, short from having a really outstanding recruitment drive. So whether Corey Oates is that guy on the flank or if Marty Tapau... Uh, potential character issues like asides, you know, started to rumble out of the manly dressing room. Uh, but one of those two guys, you can get them added to your roster, and the the turnaround from bottom of the ladder to right up the top, you know, top eight, top four contenders is much more believable. Well, we have had uh, recent success with Fiji and wingers, so hopefully that uh, continues on. Uh, Hayne, of course, scoring 118 tries. Uh, in his time in first grade, he's 110. Got, um, he's one off. Um, off Brett Kenny. Uh, yeah. yeah, Brett Kenny. Um, so potentially he'll he'll take out that um, honour shortly. And then of course Semi scoring 94 for for the Eels as well. So did he score um, that many? Yeah, he was beast. Oh, God. hold on, hold on. I thought it was around the 70s. Yeah. Not even not even a controversial take. Most talented winger in the history of the NRL. He won't go down as the greatest <laughs> winger. He won't go down as the greatest winger because of his shortened career, but by far and away the most talented winger the code's ever seen. What a player. Oh, just could do anything. Could do I'm, anything. I'm reading that off the Wikipedia page, so I apologise if I'm incorrect on that one. It's a shame our Fiji forwards are, you know, bust, you know. We had Kane Evans, we had that two-week He's not a bust. He's, he's not a bust yet. And he's, he's coming not a bust his yet. First, his first really solid game for us, so that's All for right, something so we... We need to see him build on now. <laughs> well, soon to be bust, and then we had, you know, the oh, Kamika. Oh, 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 and, oh listen, listen, listen. We have to keep it real, man. We, there's always going to be someone controversial on the podcast. The, we the all bloke, can't be mates here. The bloke gets one prediction right, and it goes straight to his head. Straight to his head. He gets, <laughs> he gets an offhand prediction card. about rookies. Rookies won right for once, and he has gone straight to his head, and he's calling guys busts. Okay. Uh, like, who 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 would a better uh, Fijians that are, that we sign the forwards or the backs? Yeah, but it doesn't mean he's going to hundred percent be a bust. <laughs> so, Bertie, uh, let me get this right. You're saying we should put Kane Evans on the wing? 
No, no, I'm just saying that we, we, we do, I'm saying we do very well in identifying the backs, but like the forwards, uh, you know, our judgment, you know, not that well, like that Kamika guy who was playing NYC, he was supposed to be the next, next big thing. He was like a champion sprinter or something and he went like to Union and now he's in Melbourne and then, you know, you got Kane Evans, like if we had the same eye for talent in forwards, whew, like a Kikau or... I don't know who's another, who's another good feature in uh, background. Bakuya or something, you know, it'd be even better. But Well, we do have one. Celesi Fainga, uh, who's here. playing for... Until I say he you? makes his debut, he isn't making his debut, all right? <laughs> he might this year, you never know. Better oh, take your no, prediction please, away. Please, uh, Brad Arthur, if you listen to this, please leave it to five. Leave it to five different <laughs> thoughts. All right, let's jump into the previews in but the don't Shield. You want, um, sorry, don't you want hashtag Stonefish to be a thing? You know what? I just realised uh, Raystone hasn't made his debut, so I don't know why I keep saying that. <laughs> I seriously don't know why I keep saying that. All right, jumping into the previews. In the Shield, Asquith in fifth position, taking on Wentworthville in fourth position, 1pm Story Park, Saturday, August 11th. And then um, for the Owls in seventh position, taking on the Eagles in eighth position, 1pm McCready Park, Sunday, August 12th. Uh, Ron Massey Cup, Asquith in 6th position, taking on Wentworthville in 1st position, 3pm Story Park, Saturday, August 11th. And then jumping into the flag, Eels in 6th position, taking on the Dragons in 8th position. So this is the curtain raiser to the 1st grades, 5.15pm ANZ Stadium on Saturday, the 11th of August. Um, So an interesting uh, uh, team list that's been named, JP Nora, back. Making his debut, not back. My apologies. Making his <laughs> debut. <laughs> Back once again from an extended layoff because he finished SG ball. Yeah, JP Nora at fullback. Very exciting prospect. So, And that will shift uh, Siono Fanua into the seven jersey. Um, so again, reminder that the team that we fielded last week will be vastly different to this week with Dylan Brown, Hayes Dunstar, and a couple more of those players moving back up to uh, the ISP. Um of course, yes, yeah, Stefano Otui Kamano getting a, another run in ISP. Um, so I'll just quickly run through this flag side. JP Nora at full back on the wings to Amala and Parry in the, the um, centre position. Oh, no, sorry, Ethan Parry's at centre, isn't he? Yeah, so it's Tuamala and Afu on the wings. Afuala and Parry in the centre. Sapienza, Fanua in the halves. Dresler and Kepi in the forwards with Tapatautai playing nine. Is that Tapatautai's usual position? Yes, Vaya okay. is he's a specialist nine but can flex the back row if needed. Okay, and then McGregor, Auckland, Dunikov, uh, Jesse Cronin uh, in the uh, second row, Michael Tupu, uh, Faulkner, Harris, Hollis on the bench and the extended bench, Butfield, Field, Porter and Lorenzo Pritchard. We don't think he's a relation to uh, Kayser or Frank the Tank? No, I'm no, pretty I don't certain think so. he isn't. This is and based off what conversation you had earlier. Yeah, so exciting, um, really exciting flag team. So everybody's getting down there for 5.15 to see these uh, young men in action. Um, again, sixth position, they need a win uh, running home to the finals to make sure they keep in touch with top four. I don't know if they'll be able to crack the top four, but at least keep within, you know, a win well, of, of the, those the teams. The thing is, you win, your four and against will get you in touch with the top four teams, barring Newcastle. You mentioned it earlier in the podcast, but we have the second best four and against pretty comfortably, I think, at this stage. So if you can just keep winning in those top four teams, drop a couple of games, all of a sudden you're in the mix for a second bite of a cherry come uh, end of round 25. 
but yeah, the, as for the team itself, really, really cool. You've got a couple of young kids there. JP Nara was the SG ball fullback. Um, very talented young kid, can do it all. He's a big physical prospect at number one. Um, it, you don't like to make player comparisons for for kids as far as you know putting expectations on him, but he's kind of, do you reckon it's probably fair to say he's like a really Jared Hayne light ham? Like, obviously not um, as talented as Jared, but he plays with that speed and physicality that you don't often see at the position. Yeah, I think he's a he's not as not as talented as uh, young Jared, but I think he he uh, pushes up a little bit more in support in the middle and um, a lot better talker than a young Jared was. Yeah, that that is the big part of his game. Actually, is he does not shut up at fullback. He is constantly barking at the defensive line and getting them organised. Um, really good competitor too. So I'm excited to see how he goes. Uh, the other notable inclusion would be. Uh, David Hollis, who is yeah. turning 17 this year, so he is very young for a, a forward. Um, the Eels generally don't debut young forwards like that. Ham and I were talking earlier, and the 17-year-olds that we know the club's debuted in recent times are Dylan Brown. Uh, Valence Harris did the same thing last year. He's in the team today. Uh, and who was the other one? Philia Utoikamanu. I need you to come in here and save me. Yes, Philia Utoikamanu, the older brother of Stefano. So there's a handful of um, young kids that have done that, and it usually speaks towards a high regard for their talents. And in uh, David's case, he is an absolute giant of a young kid. He's and when we of, say giant, like... Yeah, we're talking like <laughs> the David, David Clemmer sort of mold, like two metres tall, broad shoulders, hasn't grown into his frame fully, but you can see the athletic profile that he will eventually possess. He is a big human being. So he's, he's one of those kids that probably take a little bit just to get the, the sheer mass on that frame because there's so much to add. But he's got plenty of talent, and uh, he was learning to use his body much more effectively this year in SG Ball, and he became one of their real go-to forwards. Even though the um, the ball struggled for consistency, he was a very uh, reliable presence in the middle. So uh, exciting times for the flag. All right, and jumping into the ISP, Bears in 10th position, taking on Wentworthville in 11th position at North Sydney Oval, 2 p.m. Sunday, August 12. Uh, as we touched on some of those... Uh, Flag-eligible players returning to um, the ISP team, uh, notably Hayes Dunster on the wing, uh, Dylan Brown in the seven. Uh, of course, Stefano Otuikamano playing off the bench in that forward role. Um, so just running through that list, Nathan Davis at fullback, Hayes Dunster and Greg Lalesiwau on the wings. Akafalau, Josh Hoffman in the centre position. Josh Hoffman returning from, I think it was a knee injury, wasn't it? Yep, and in the halves, Arana Tamata, Dylan Brown, forwards, Magnus Stromquist, Piki Rogers, Reese Davies in the nine position, Herodi in 11, Salisi Fienga in 12, and Daniel Dole in the 13, Abbas Miski, Stefano Otui Kamano, Eddie Aono, Matt Woods, and Yelene Gordon on the bench, and uh, Gordon being on the extended bench. A couple of players to drop off the um, the Eels uh, extended bench to go back there. Uh, you expect probably Oregon Kafusi, Raystone, David Gower to, to drop off and perhaps Bevan French, noting that ISP are playing on the um, the Sunday as opposed to before first grade. So we got, we got a little bit of controversy here because the initial team list on both NewSouthWales.com, NewSouthWalesRugbyLeague.com and ParramattaReels.com had Stefano on the number 15 jersey. But uh, if you go back and check, they've updated the team list and um, carved him out. So he doesn't appear on the uh, the updated flag team list either. So I don't know if there's ducks and drakes going on over, you know, trying to, some, for some reason... Add a little bit of mystery to his ISP debut, but he's not in the updated team list. But 
given that he's not present in the flag, I'd say he's still in line for an ISP debut. But uh, that that is easily the most exciting part of that team list if he does indeed play is um, Stefano pushing up to the senior grades. Chip prospects. Yeah, and especially, um, I think he made his debut, I saw before, round eight. And in between then, he's had uh, two universal buys, a game against, uh, he's had a week out for State of Origin, and there's been another buy. So he's only Where played he about... He won the game for him. Yeah. He's only Big played try. like maybe 10 or so flag games. So for him to be potentially playing ISP this week is absolutely massive. Yep, huge. Um, let's move over to first grade. Um, so best of luck to, to, to Stefano. I'm sure he will be able to hand himself against some of the bigger boys in the ISP. Um, first grade, kicking off at uh, the late game on Saturday this week. So remember to pack your woolies. Uh, it was actually quite warm last Saturday night. It wasn't too cold. Um, Eels taking on Dragons, 7.35pm at ANZ Stadium. Uh, reminder that this is women in league round. Um, so if mum was taking you to the footy when you were a kid or whatever else, uh, be sure to give her a little bit of a thank you. Uh, just as a reminder, all the mums, sisters, uh, etc. around the game. Um, and now daughter's actually playing the game. So uh, just give them a shout out this weekend. Uh, jumping into the team list, it's... Uh, Got some extended, uh, extensive changes in it, um, which are Corey Norman moved to fullback, Jared Hayne back to the wing, George Jennings on the other wing, Michael Jennings in the centre position, and Clint Gutherson moving from fullback to centre. Uh, in the halves, Jamin Salmon making his debut at number six, as in debut in the starting lineup as opposed to being from the bench. Mitch Moses at seven, so maybe a future look um, if the the rumours about Corey Norman uh, changing clubs before the commencement of 2019, that could be a potential halves pairing we'll be running with next year. Uh, forwards, CSI Vave and Tim Manor with Reed Marnie again, uh, play, starting at number nine. In the second row position, Murata Neokore, Tep Maroa, and 13, Nathan Brown. On the interchange bench, Will Smith comes back as a utility um, after his uh, extended stay off with injury. Kane Evans returns, Penny Terrapo returns, and Brad Takarangi returns. Uh, Bevan French demoted to the extended bench. David Gower, Oregon Confuci, and Ray Stone all on the extended bench. What do we make of that, gents? A lot of changes to take in. Yeah, especially after a win, it's... Um... You know, but obviously, B.A. Uh, didn't want Bevan in there anymore, and he wanted uh, the Fish to start the game, possibly play all of it. So, you know, um, I was talking to Forty earlier before, and he said it's, you know, to get those players in and out um, has to be an ugly rotation. And, you know, seeing Hayne on the wing, a lot of people say um, he shouldn't be there, but there'll be a lot of chop, there'll be a lot of. Um, Movement in that back line, I reckon. Hayne will pop up in the middle. He'll pump up on the right. Uh, same with Gutherson. He'll go. He'll move to fullback at times. Um, I could see Salmon pushing out to centre, possibly um, being used as a, like a, as as a centre there. So yeah, it, it's it's um back line's very interesting, very interesting. The way we could throw a few shapes at the Dragons, a few different structures there. Um, hopefully, we don't overcomplicate ourselves. Um, especially with the way we've been playing this year, I could understand if, you know, we were winning, um, trying a little bit something different before the finals would have been uh, to throw the opposition off what we're doing. Um, but with, with us not playing well, I'm not sure the timing and um, 
is there for this sort of decision, especially for going into such a crucial game that we can win. Um, excited to see Oregon Kafusi on the bench. Absolutely another 19-year-old there, um, especially with him only playing a handful of games in uh, reserve grade this year. So absolutely huge for him. Um, definitely a team that can win. Just unsure about Will Smith if he's gonna, what he's gonna, if he plays what he can, what he's gonna do. Well, he's had his kicking license revoked. I hope <laughs> surely, so. Surely, surely. Yeah, um, but just a reminder of the back of last week's game for that last final fifteen or so minutes. That um, of course, Jamin Salmon came onto the pitch, played in the sixth position. Corey Norman did move to the fullback, and Clint, Clint Gutherson played on that um, that wing of Bevins, with Bevan coming off the field. Um, and as you saw in that game, Haynes got a license to roam, so uh, I don't think he'll be stuck on a wing. Um, obviously, when we're, when we're in the opposition half or even coming out of our own half, our, our backline players do have a license to roam and get involved where they can. So um, I could potentially see Clint Gutherson playing some time on the wing and, and possibly Hayne moving to the centre position. So I, I um, think in a vacuum, the more elegant solution would have been to play Jamin Salmon at centre and push Hayne out to the wing to replace French. But evidently, Arthur is very keen on having a look at a potential 2019 spine combination of Marnie, Moses and Salmon which causes that uh, rather inelegant reshuffle of the back line. But we've got options. And uh, as far as Will Smith is concerned, I imagine it would be a, a top 30 roster issue with Reed being outside the top 30 and Smith being classified as a hooker utility inside the top 30. Now that he's fit, the NRL would be demanding that he'd be part of the active roster and um, time-sharing with Marnie in some capacity. So it's, it's unfortunate in that regard, especially since Marnie... Uh, has shown he can play 80, but I don't know if that means that Will Smith has to play hooker on game day, or if he just has to be in the roster, if you know the semantics there. And um, it means that, you know, maybe he doesn't get used, or if he does get used, it's only sparingly. But right now, the priority needs to be to maximize the game time for Reed and Jamin and Murata and uh, anyone else that would, you know, potentially make their debut in the last four games of the season. So I'm excited. It's not, it's not necessarily the back line that I would prefer I mean, you could make a case for if you're not going to play Norman in the halves, you might as well drop him and play your preferred fullback there. But we've we've done a good enough job cycling through multiple fullbacks in a game, as you and Ham were both mentioning before. Uh, Gufferson and Hayne have um, you know, rotated there pretty freely and pretty effectively. So I'm sure they'll have a way to make it work. But yeah, it, it's going to make for an interesting narrative to this game how um, Salmon meshes with Moses and with Reed and with the outside backs. Uh, whoever plays fullback is going to have a uh, I reckon is going to have a, a big challenge on their hands because you know the Dragons have a great kicking game with Ben Hunt and Winnip so you know whoever plays fullback whether it's you know Hayne uh, Norman or Gufferson they're going to have to be on their toes making sure um, they start off the set of the six uh, pretty well yeah, that's the only take I got from it because yeah we should win I reckon the Dragons are going to be missing some uh, Paul Vaughan but uh yeah, I reckon we should win. I reckon our forwards will dominate them, and yeah, we'll win. Well, it's sort of slipped by, but we're actually in a pretty good run of form, just we've managed to throw away a few games. And we, if you go back looking at our results, give me two secs to pull them up. Well, if you look, two... the last seven games, it's three wins, and of course we dropped that game to Newcastle, and we dropped that game to, to the Bunnies, but every other game it's been that we've led at some point, or it's been, you know, by... by you know, only a yeah. couple of points, bar that Rabbitohs we, game where they blew us apart in that, well, that second half. Going, 
that's right. You go back to the first Rabbitohs game. We had a comfortable lead until you had the Cameron King and Josh Hoffman errors back to back, which took the foot off the throat. Um, we lost the Dragons by two, lost the Knights by two. We beat the Dogs. We lost the Bunnies by six, you know, with um, very little help from the officials in the second half. And we beat the Titans. So we're actually in a, you know, we're not playing great football because there's still some errors being made here and there that are handicapping us, but we're actually playing okay footy and we're challenging some of the big dogs in the competition. So there's no reason why we can't go out there and beat the Dragons. And, you know, and well, remember, if you we're not. So if you notice last week, uh, the last 15 minutes, 20 minutes, we'll kick in to the sidelines and slow down the game. So that was like the, the first bit of game management I've seen um, the halves play. You know, for a while, like if we had done that early in other games, we could have, you know, won a game or not, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, and the Dragons, of course, we're not playing in April uh, anymore, so um, things are cooling down. Um, but just running through their team list, Matt Dufty at fullback. Uh, on the wings, uh, Jordan Pereira, who's uh, been playing rather well in the absence of uh, Nene McDonald. Uh, Jason Nightingale on the other wing in the uh, centres, Ewan Aiken, Lafay. In the halves, Widop and Hunt, James Graham, and Leeson Armour makes his way onto the starting prop with, of course, um, uh, Paul Vaughan suffering that syndesmosis injury. Uh, he'll be out until at least the finals. In the nine role, Cameron McInnes in the second row, Tyson Frizzell, Tarek Sims, Locke, Jack DeBellin, uh, and then on the bench, Jeremy Lattimore, Kurt Mann, Blake Lowry, and Luciano Lealua, and the extended bench, Jacob Host, Nene McDonald, Zach Lomax, and Hamas Sele. Um, so... One positive I've seen, like if you're watching much Dragons football recently, Cam McInnes, uh, he hasn't been great around the dummy half area earlier in the year. It's straightening them up, getting them uh, over the advantage line and um, eyes up football. But that seems to have uh, regressed the later the season's gone on. And a lot of their forwards are carrying injuries, especially Jack DeBellin. Um, so, um, and, and if you look on their extended, uh, on their bench, um, it's not a particularly impressive bench in my eyes. So... Again, weathering that early storm, I think we can uh, take it over them if uh, the longer the game goes, as long as we, again, uh, limit our errors, uh, complete our sets. And also, if we're leading at half-time, we've got to stop playing catch-up football. We seem to rush in the second half and try and overplay our hand like we're trying to play catch-up football. If we're in front, just play in front, just take it slow, kick to the corners, do what we're doing right. We just say, I don't know what it is, but... Whenever we're in front, we just seem to rush it and rush it and rush it and try and try and blow out, try and you know, put teams away. But where we just need to do exactly what we're doing because it's winning. So if we're if we're in front at half time, I hope we don't see. Even last week we tried to do it where we're forcing passes. Um, you know, it's it's just unfortunate that we can't manage a game as yeah. Yeah, I think that comes through some of the earlier losses where we're so worried about giving up a lead um, that, yeah, um, it's sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh, but I think if we're going to have much joy, it'll be down that um, edge with Jason Nightingale. I think uh, he's in the um, the Nathan Merritt mould in the, his last uh, season with the uh, Bunnies, uh, where he's obviously regressed, but um, for whatever reason still remains in the team out of um, a bit of loyalty. Um, so I think that's where we can find a bit of joy there. But again, our forwards need to aim up in the absence of the Polar Express. Uh, Vave and Tim Manor need to stand up and, and both have good games, um, as well as the, the rest of the um, the forward pack. Um, and, and one player that sort of just quietly had a 
probably one of his better games of 2018 last week was Brad Takarangi came on and um, did his job, didn't throw anything stupid. Uh, I, I still say, assist. I still say uh, that that was a try. I don't know how you can flick pass and have the ball go forward out of your hand. I, I don't think physics allow that to happen, but who am I to know anything? Yeah, I just, and yeah, and then they had to call the forward pass for the Titans later on. So yeah, it was it wasn't forward. Yep, so unfortunately robbed of a, a try assist there, which was a beautiful flick pass from him. Um, but you don't get all the calls. Uh, and, for, and fortunately in that game, we got the right calls from the um, the video referee, both going up no tries and having insufficient evidence to overrule those decisions. Um, so hopefully we get a bit more joy uh, from the video ref and, of course, the on-field officials. Um, did you have a look at who we've got this week? Gavin Badge is one of the referees. I can't remember who the second one was. And um, Casey Badger is the um, the uh, ref on standby. So if either of the head officials go down, uh, Casey Badger will be the first female to step up into a head ref role. Or will not a head Adam ref role. Yeah. Adam G is the other man. Yeah, neither of them scream out to be anything um, but consistent and quite good referees. So. Well, at least it's not a Sutton. <laughs> There's something to be said we... of that. So, sorry, are Warren we... Smith, but man. Are we instituting a, a ban from the podcast for ref blaming? Is that what's happening? Are we? Nah. Are we... No, I, I, actually, I actually Hamish, don't mind Hamish was tippy-toeing no, no, around those referees just then, so I wasn't sure. I, I, no, no, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say we're going to ref blame, but you can you can have valid criticism of, of a decision that you don't agree with, just like the Brad Takarangi um, flick pass. You can say, no, I don't think that was a, the correct decision and not say, well, it's the reason that we lost the game. Um, so I think there's a distinction between blaming referees or having valid I, criticism of decisions. I just think all the refs are on the take, so... Is that <laughs> <it>? <laughs> I, I still have um, a couple of older friends who were West Magpies fans uh, back in the day um, who, of course, still attribute that uh, grand final loss uh, to... Was it Darcy Lawler being on the take for the Dragons? I'm too and, young to even remember the West Magpies. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've heard a few stories from back, like, back in that sort of era, back in the days type stuff about... Refs being on the payroll of certain clubs and whatnot. It's it's always interesting listening. I don't know how much validity there is to it, but I've heard a few of them. It was in Jack Gibson the um, the book, the Life and Times of Jack Gibson, because Jack Gibson was uh, I think he was the co- uh, the um, the the captain in that West Magpies team, and I think he came in at half time and he said, "We're screwed because Darcy's bet on the Dragons." <laughs> so uh, I think we're far past those days, but. Um, yeah, sometimes you do wonder at some of the decisions that come out. But um, what's that? What's that? Um, that take what don't attribute to to malice. What can be attributed to? Um, oh gosh, I can't remember. Yeah, the take. I think we attributed to. Uh, yeah, what's it called? You lost ignorance. me at Darcy Lawler. <laughs> ignorance or um or I'd, stupidity. I'd shoot down. <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's uh, get into predictions. Um, I'll start with you, Bertie. Yeah, all right. We're going to win uh, 26 to 12. First try scorer is going to be the fish, Salmon. I like it. And yep. jumping into you, 40. Um, I got I got the Dragons taking first points, but I'll go with Salmon anytime try scorer, and I'll go with Reed Marnie first try scorer for the Eels. Uh, Parramatta to win... Uh, 
22-16. And him? Right. Um, I've said it for the past few weeks now, but uh, Hayne Triple. And on, on the third one, the arms are going to come out finally. And for points, uh, it was 13, 36 nil. All right. Well, I'm I'm still going to tip an Eels win, but I'm going to say one to twelve, not thirteen plus. Uh, the boys and we're going to be out for revenge after that last um, start, last second loss um, to the Dragons. A game which again we should have won, but we've said that for a number of matches this year. Um, and plus having that new blood in the team, Reed Marnie, Jamin Salmon, uh, and of course Murata Neokore, Birdie's original boy. Or, or me. Who had a who had a, a very quietly good game against the Titans, by the way. Um, his numbers weren't eye popping or anything, but he had a couple of really, you know, almost elegant uh, unders lines that he ran in the first half that could have resulted in tries if it wasn't for, you know, really good goal line defense. So he's coming along nicely. He doesn't have he the like he doesn't have Tefai's running style where Tefai can break a tackle and make a break like he. You know, maybe he might he can develop that over the preseason, like learn how to run um, better lines. You know, probably at you know what is the saying at face? No, at spaces, not faces. Like, you know, he, if he had Tepai's uh, running game, he'll be a monster because he's you know, Arik is is he bigger than Tepai? I'm sure he is. He's just a big, like, uh, big huge Tepai's, uh, player. Tepai's taller, but Murata's probably a little bit more solidly yeah. built. Tepai's got a lean frame for a, a back row. Yeah, I thought I, I literally thought there was one run he made inside the 10. I literally thought he was going to break the tackle and score. And um, Yeah, but every week he doesn't score, he gets, he gets closer to scoring a try. So hopefully he gets over the line this week. Yeah. And yeah, just commenting, being lo- uh, being there live at the game, you could definitely see those unders lines. And it opened up that space later in the, the game where, where Hayne, of course, got over. And of course, um, George Denny's getting over on that edge as well. Um so it's it's the, those early shifts that we were running a lot of unders lines, a lot of forwards back through the middle, and then that opened up the um, the, the sideways play later on. Um, so that's something we need to do a bit more of this game as well, um, because the the Dragons can be a bit vulnerable on their goal line, uh, running back towards uh, the posts. Um, so we've all tipped an Eels win. Um, how crazy on a Parramatta podcast, every every um, panelist tips the Eels to have a win. Um, do we want to get into plugs? Birdie? Uh, yeah, Twitter's still uh, Bevan Heaven one Soon to be a new name if Bevan jumps ships. And How about yeah, Nikore uh, Nirvana? Uh, say it again, what? Nikore Nirvana. You know what? That's in the top five. Of names to choose from. <laughs> Just made the list. <laughs> it's only one of them on the list, but hasn't been any other five. suggestions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I put up to any suggestions, oh, yeah. you know, put them in the... Hang what are they called? The tweets, up, whatever it is. You tweet it. I don't know, whatever. Tweet us whatever name I want on the Twitter. Okay, back to NFL talk. My Cowboys are playing the Niners this week. So, big, big game. Hopefully, uh, we get the win. Even though it's preseason, I'll still take it as a win. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Moving on to you, 40. I'm 40-20. I'm back on the podcast after a minor layoff due to um, time on the injury ward, of course, you know, non-football-related injuries and all that sort of stuff. Um, you can catch me and all my friends at thecumberlandfro.com. Uh, you can catch us on Twitter at EelsTCT. We just had a win, so there's lots of great stuff to read. Hooray. And we're going to back it up by smashing the dragon, so jump online and um, drop us a line either um, via Twitter or on our website. 
and him. Um, yes, I've obviously, uh, people don't listen to this podcast have followed me, so I've moved from 69 to 71 followers, which I'm a little bit devastated about, um, but that just means I can move up to 420 followers, so um, I like to party. <laughs> um, band this week, I haven't got any local bands, but uh, Louis Cole makes some good... Uh, synth pop synth jazz music he's releasing an album i believe in three days yeah three days um so when that's released check it out all right and wrapping up for um member of the podcast who isn't here tonight um but pm sports first Nambucker. of course if you want to get your eagles fan gear or any other gear um check out his website uh, he's hoping to back be back soon um not back tonight, even though he beat me in the um, the, the draft over the weekend, the draft comp. Uh, him having... Gosh, he didn't have any centres. He had Tyrone Peachy and... And Lailua, wasn't it? And BJ Lailua, who both scored almost 70. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> one of those weekends where he had a bit of luck and uh, I, I uh, didn't. So, and congrats to Pam on this week. Um, I, I got him this week and I had to replace uh, Alvaro, so... I'm screwed, well. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm a bit screwed in my... Yeah. I chucked or, in that Broncos guy. Shibishaka, whatever his name is. Shibaski. Shibaski. Shibaski, that's it. Robert Shibaski. How I met your mother. Reference. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, we'll get on to me, which is at para, well, us at Parapodcast and forward slash Parapodcast uh, in the NFL this weekend. Uh, well, this Friday, actually, 10 a.m., uh, Packers taking on the Titans. Titans with a uh, potential Super Bowl team. Um, of course, going down to uh, the... Um, they went down to the Patriots in the um, the, the conference yeah. game, didn't they? Did you hear about that? Um, you know that tackle that injured uh, Aaron Rodgers? You know that's going to be a penalty now? What a ridiculous call, man. That's like... What is that? The face-to-face I... one? or no, That's uh, tackling uh, to ground after he's uh, released the ball. Oh, Essentially, okay. It's, yeah, so now that's going to be a penalty. Like, that's not even a penalty in NRL, but because Aaron Rodgers gets injured, they have to look at it like, you know, it's just, uh, I don't know. They're trying to look after these QBs. Soon it's going to be, a, you know, it's going to be Oz Tag or whatever they called Touch Touch NFL. Maybe they should um start playing with a balloon and wear bras and... Sarcastable. Yeah. Sarcastable. <laughs> 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 um, so, Green Bay Packers, they'll get back and... Um, there's a couple of uh, players that I want to see out there. One's a wide receiver that we got uh, outside of the draft, so just on free agency. His name is um, another Jennings. Um, gosh, what was his first name? Uh, Adonis. Adonis Jennings. Um, so we might see him uh, in Is he related? Uh, I don't believe he is. Oh, okay. <laughs> you got you got a receiver, a receiver called uh, Equinemius St. Brown. That's a good name. Anything that has Saint in it is a good name. That, that sounds, is a, that, that is a, that is a sporting name, isn't it? That's yeah. the um, Keen Peel. That's not a real name. I'm that's being serious. Not... The, the, he's because oh, we're going to draft him the Cowboys, and they just called him Saint Brown. But Equinemius Saint Brown. Nah, that's uh, that's off that sketch that um, Keen Peel did for sure. That's not a name. Can't yeah, be. well, that's one of the one of the greatest sporting names I ever thought. And it was such a shame that he did change his name. Uh, Cassius Clay 
Like, isn't that just a great sporting name? And then you go and change it, even though, you know, Muhammad Ali is, of course, um, known. But if you were born Cassius Clay, that is that is a sporting name. Why would you go change nah. it? Best sporting yeah. name? He had to change it because he's almost like a textbook, comic book superhero in that regard. Peter Parker, like all those sort of, you know, repeat names. Cassius Clay, he didn't want people to know who he was. Muhammad nah, Ali. You're all, you're all kidding yourselves. Fooey, fooey, moy, moy. Best. Back, back to that uh, receiver. It's called Equinemius Tristan Imhotep Jr. St. Brown. That's a what about, <laughs> Wow. On, on, no, no, there's, there's an even better one. Um, he's from University of Washington, dra- um, drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's um he's known as Vita Vea, but he's oh, a Vita, yeah. he's a he's an absolute huge human being. 193 centimeters, 157 kilos. His um full name is uh Tevita Tuiaka Ono Tuipoloto Masesi Vahea Fehoko Falatawa Vea. So um you can understand why his um actual Vita football Vea. name is Vita Vea. <laughs> All right, well, let's wrap it up there. So, uh, <laughs> cheers for another week on the Parrot Podcast. Fingers crossed, boys, get over the line again this weekend against the Dragons. Um, but I don't think we ever need that. Fingers crossed. Uh, Dragons Ooh. got nothing this end of season. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Um, and again, best of luck to all the um, the Eels players across all grades. And um, thanks to the Women in League as well, uh, celebrating Women in League round. Um, so give Mum a shout-out if she ever took you to your football practice or your soccer practice or whatever. Um, give Lots Mum a shout-out this weekend. Fo- it's actually uh, my mother's birthday tomorrow, so happy birthday, Mum. And I did get you a gift this year, so it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you steal it out of Dad's purse? <laughs> no, no, it wasn't his purse, but... Uh, it was his wallet. Out of, uh, out, of, out of his car. Let's just say he's got loose change in the car and... They came in very handy. <laughs> so, you used Dad's loose change, and how much change could there have been? So, Bob's present was under ten dollars, was it? Yeah. So I put the, I got the ten dollars right, and I went to the the op shop to see what I could find, and I wrapped some <laughs> stuff together, and I found the Timberwolves jersey for eight bucks. So there you go. It's a good one of the stories where he starts with paper clips and drags it up into all right, well, thank you again for listening this week. And best of luck to you. Uh, get out there for Cheers. Cheers.